Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports Station. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. Making our previews for the Super Bowl this weekend. Guys, I'm in a bit of a pickle. I need the Chiefs to win in order to win our office pool bump. And yet the more I look up just basic stats about the Eagles, the more uncertain I am. For instance, I love the connection between Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, right? A guy that's got over 5,000 passing yards heading into the postseason. Travis Kelsey was second in receiving touchdowns. You think, oh, well, a strength for the Chiefs is obviously their passing offense, right? Well, wide receiver A.J. Brown in his first year with Philadelphia set a franchise record with 1,496 receiving yards, also the fourth most in the NFL, and he had 11 receiving touchdowns in 2022, one behind Travis Kelsey. Obviously, you've got Devontae Smith, who is a speedster, can absolutely change the game as a downfield threat. And that's not to mention the running threat they have with Miles Sanders, obviously. Like, it's, it just, it, I feel like for every advantage I'm trying to find for the Chiefs, I see another for the Eagles. Help me out here. Help you out. Advantage Chiefs. Yeah, I need to feel good about this. Okay, you feel good about Patrick Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts. I said it versus. I said it. I said it. (laughs) I'm not going to say it. Jalen Hurts. I said it on accident. First, Jalen Hurts. That's right. Um, That's that's an advantage right there. How big of of an advantage? I think that Pat Mahomes is the type of player that doesn't need a game plan to win a game. He's going to win it by feel, by understanding of where Travis Kelsey is. He finds the spaces in the defense in the open guy. Jalen Hurts needs a game plan at this point of his career to win a game. He needs to know. All right, when we get in this look and we run this RPO, this is my read right here. If we run a zone, this end doesn't block, or we don't block this end, that's my read right there. This is going to set up plays in the third and fourth quarter. Pat Mahomes just says, what's the game plan? Give me the ball. I'm going to make this thing happen for us. So you look at that matchup. I think individually, obviously, you ride with the MVP mm-hmm. in Patrick Mahomes. You know, we haven't been talking a lot about, I don't want to say the coaching matchup here, but there's this interesting history between both coaches where Andy Reid obviously had success in Philadelphia, but then couldn't actually get the job done with a Super Bowl win, is fired from Philadelphia. He moves on. He goes on to the Chiefs, has an amazing career where he's still at with the Chiefs. When he goes to take over for the Chiefs, I think this is in 2013, I don't know. When he goes to take over for the Chiefs, um, one of the staff members that he gets rid of is a holdover from the two previous regimes, Nick Sirianni, who Mm -hmm. is then, I believe, wide receivers coach. Nick Sirianni goes on many years later uh, to become head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. Nick Sirianni has said openly, like, yeah, I have a bit of chip of a chip on my shoulder from uh, from being let go on that coaching staff. But really, I think we're looking at two head coaches who have done an exceptional job this year. Andy Reid has been doing an exceptional job. Uh, they kind of do it in different ways. I mean, I think of Nick Sirianni as a guy who can get, who knows how to tap into his his players, and I think of Andy Reid as a guy who uh, just knows how to game plan and knows how to use guys. Yeah, Sirianni, he is forty one years old. He's more connected to the culture that his players are living in and how they function in it. He can say a couple things. Well, he's still not the young guy. Forty one is yeah. like ah, uh, you know, you're. You're reaching old man status, but you're still connected enough to know what's going on in these young people's lives. There are things and and ways that he can communicate with his players that just make sense. You know, he understands them mentally. I'm not saying Andy Reid doesn't, but Andy Reid is just that uncle that you just respect 
that you know has been through some battles, that everything he says is gold because it comes from a place of experience. Sirianni has experience, but just not the experience of Andy Reid. But I think that, again, how we talk about there's many different ways to build a football team. There's many different ways to coach a football team. Uh, I mentioned Sirianni is a guy that I can see dapping up his players. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Bringing it in tight. Uh, let's go, baby. Good play. Andy Reid's the type of guy to pat him on the helmet and say, good job. Yeah. You know, there's just different ways to connect, but that doesn't mean that they're not connecting. Andy Reid connects out of respect. Sirianni connects out of respect, obviously, because he has this job. You look at where he's been. My man was at Mount Union. He was a Kansas City Chiefs quality control, assistant quarterbacks coach, quality control, wide receiver for the Chiefs. He goes to San Diego, quality control, quarterback coach. He goes with the Chargers, wide receiver coach, offensive coordinator, coordinator for the Colts, and now he is here. He has a history as well, but he also has youth on his side. Can I tell you one approach that I love from Sirianni? I read this the other day. Nick Sirianni on Saturday, they're going to have a pre-Super Bowl team meeting. And normally at team meetings, um, they would have, obviously, the head coach speaks, um, you know, maybe a coordinator, and then the captains can speak. But Mm -hmm. he's going to open it up to everyone. Like, if you are a practice squad player, you are allowed to stand up and say something if you want to the team. That's interesting. Practice um, squad players, sit down. Don't say nothing. Well, yeah, maybe don't say anything. Don't but, say nothing. but I really love this approach, and it's feeling movie-like. Like, I'm not liking it for my odds. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's feeling like the Eagles are very much believing in themselves and are like an unstoppable force heading into this one. That is the beginning of a movie bump. It is. They're in there, and like the 36-year-old practice squad kicker stands up and says i've been here for 40 years and they say but wait you're 36 and he says don't interrupt me and he says tomorrow we're gonna show the chiefs who's boss it's just i i'm nervous you're nervous i'm really nervous again a different approach the eagles are the team that says it took all of us to get here you know we are we're from philly one of the toughest cities in America, brotherly love. They're buying into that. No matter who the head coach is for Philadelphia, that's going to be the identity of Philly. That's just what it is. The Chiefs, on the other hand, are more like suit and tie. This is what we do, guys. You know, what, third time here with Pat Mahomes. And there's an advantage to that. There is. I think there's an advantage to both because you can get a band of brothers like Philly and do some things that no one expected you to do. I knew Philly was going to be a good football team at the beginning of the season, but I didn't think they were going to be this good. No. How do you become this good? Obviously, you acquire talent. You got a new head coach with a, with a new message, but you get these guys to band together, right? Us against the world. They're keeping that mentality. You look over with the Kansas City Chiefs, it's more like, this is what we do. We've done this for five years now. Ever since Pat Mahomes has been our quarterback, we have a chance to be here. Let's seal the deal. It's not good versus evil, but it's... It's just different type of vibes. And and I'm here for it, and, and I love it. And I think that that's what the Super Bowl should be. It should be contrast there. It should be differences. And then it should be excellence at the same time, and I think that's what we're going to see. Uh, let's uh, squeeze in our picks for this, and then we'll um, kind of bring in some Seahawks conversation when we talk about these teams, specifically Philadelphia. Right. Um, you already know my pick has to be the Chiefs. I'm nervous about this pick, but I'm stubbornly sticking with it. Uh, I think it will be a very close game. I can see turnovers by the Chiefs, but I think the Chiefs' defense wins the turnover battle, gives them one more possession, and that's the difference in the game. Uh, so I'm going to go Chiefs. Should we do scores? Yeah, let's I'll do go it. Chiefs. Oh, man, I think this will be uh, – keep it early 20s, low 20s, I mean. Uh, Chiefs, like 24-21 kind of game. Okay. You know what taught me how to um, how to pick games? Who? The late great uh, Dory Monson. So when I was working with him 
with the uh, the pregame show before I was the lead guy. Dory was the lead guy. And I'm like, Dory, how do you get so dang close to these scores every single week? And it's so simple. What? But I never use the resources. He goes, well, I just look at the spread. I look at the over-under, and I make my pick. And he goes, most of the time, Vegas is right. So what am I going to do right now? I'm going to look at the spread. (laughs) (laughs) Kansas City, plus one, over-under is 51. Now you do some math. So I'm going to go 24-26 Philadelphia. Oh, I like that score. Fun little safety in there. Uh, All right. Let's bring in the Seahawks here since obviously we are a Seattle sports station and we're going to keep talking about the Super Bowl. Um, But I'm going to start with a question that um, I think of in my head anytime we talk about the Eagles. How did the Seahawks do that? Like that's kind of where I think a lot of people go bump, right? Mm -hmm. Last year, the Eagles uh, first year under Nick Sirianni were a wildcard team. They had a lot of the same pieces, like a lot of the drafted pieces were there. AJ, uh, AJ Brown was not there. Obviously, Hassan Reddick wasn't there. CJ Gardner Johnson wasn't there. And Jalen Hurts did not have as good a season as he did this year. Right. All of that changed this year. And that's Philadelphia, right? That's their weapons. That's their tools. That's their stuff that they have. What does Seattle have to work with? How does Seattle make that kind of jump? Because it's not impossible. They have a lot of holes, though. I'm looking at Philly and how they've drafted. That's what we have to focus on with the Seahawks, right? You have to hit in the draft, and I think Philly's done a good job with that. In 2021, had Devontae Smith, um, Landon Dickerson. Sorry, I called you Landon Johnson, Landon Dickerson. And then you have Gainwell as well, who's still on that on that team. Devontae Smith is one of the best number twos in the league. All right, um, Landon Dickerson, you got to hit offensive line. That was in 2021. Seattle Seahawks have hit with their offensive line so far. Mm-hmm. Last year in 2022, you get two rookie tackles, um, Abe Lucas, and then you have uh, Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. All right, we're, we're aligned right now. So far, we are aligned. You draft Devontae Smith in 2021. We already got one of those. We got our DK. All right, now you look at 2020, you draft a quarterback. This is where I think the Seahawks try to mimic what the Eagles are doing, is you have to find a quarterback because – uh, Geno Smith is not going to be here forever. Mm -hmm. They had Carson Wentz. Boom. They find Jalen Hurts. You have to be able to do that. And then you bring in in 2019, you draft a running back. You got Miles Sanders. You already got your running back in Ken Walker. So I think when it comes to draft right now, they're going shot for shot so far. Now they got a hit in in this draft. It's all about your free agents. What are you going to do with free agency? They bring over A.J. Brown. You got, why do I keep messing up his name? Johnson Gardner, Gardner Johnson. C.J. Gardner, because it's a confusing name. C.J. Gardner Johnson. C.J. Gardner Johnson. A hyphenated name is always a confusing name. Right. They bring over, they bring over, and he was a pick that happened right before the season started. Last minute, they bring this guy over. Boom, and they hit with him. So I'm looking at this offseason. You go, you have to hit, and think we picked the number three. Three draft picks you have to hit yeah. on this offseason. And then you have to bring over a free agent that hits right now. I think you can go and get some guys who are fillers. You're going to need some depth with that defensive line. But you got to go during this offseason and get one or two guys that hit. Is it going to be an expensive guy or is it going to be a bargain type of player? Either way, one of those dudes have to hit. Now, if you start there, I think you're in the driver's seat. Or I think you are putting yourself in position to be one of the top five to six teams preseason in the NFC because we know what this is looking like, especially if Aaron Rodgers were to leave the division, excuse me, the, the conference and make it that much easier. Is there a world where the Seahawks can extend Geno and get a high price free agent like Deron Payne? And I want to stress that Deron Payne has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder because Washington 
chose not to extend him, instead had him play under a fifth-year option, and now he's like, yeah, and look, I had my career best year. So whether it's by Washington or elsewhere, I think he's very much looking for, like, I deserve to be paid. And he should be paid. He should. You know what? That's what you do when guys have good contract years. You pay <laughs> it's them. It's crazy, right? It's crazy how that works. Except, unless it's Gino, then you don't. Then you try to nickel and dime him. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, there is a world where that happens. There is a world. You pay Gino his $30, $32 million. Okay? You make some cuts. I saved the team $30 million a couple weeks ago with some yeah. cuts. Not going to say the names. You guys read between the lines, and, and you make your decisions there. You cut three guys. You cut two guys, you save $25 million. You cut three guys, you save $30 million. So there, there's room right there to go get a guy like Deron, who's worth about eighteen to twenty million dollars for that year. Boom, you go and get him. Now you have ten million dollars to play with um, when it comes to to filling to filling guys. And also, you're going to cut more guys. You're going to cut guys at the bottom of this roster who are making seven hundred thousand, eight hundred thousand, nine hundred thousand. It adds up. Um, so that's what you do. That's where you start. I think you have to you have to sign Geno so you know what you're working with. You cut some guys, and then you go and sign that big name right now. So then, you know, okay, what are the leftovers? How else do, do we maneuver this whole situation? Now, if it gets crazy and Geno gets 35, 40 mil, I don't think he's going to get that. No. But if you do go that route, then life is going to be a bit harder, and you're not going to be able to get a guy like Deron or whatnot. You're going to have to get the, the bad news bears together and make something happen. Yeah, and I— Again, I've gotten into this debate a million times. I've talked about it with Salk this morning, and uh, he just stands by the idea, which is understandable, that, like, look, you need to improve your defense. You have you, do. you simply have too many holes on your team to roll with a guy and pay him a lot of money. Um, and can you afford to pay a lot of money for your bridge quarterback? And to that, I would say, like, what I worry is if you don't have Geno, then you're looking at a team that potentially has no answer at quarterback, mm-hmm. right? Because you're looking at the options you have available. If there was a sure thing in the draft, um, I just think they should use those high picks on defense. Or if there was a better free agent that might be cheaper, if they had a lot of capital they could trade, I just see it as Geno or Drew or the draft. Yeah, Geno, Drew, draft. And, I mean, we're going to find out. The greatest thing about this draft is we're going to find out right now within – 30 minutes of the draft starting where their priorities lie. Yeah. Like, what do you think? That With that number five pick, we're going to find out real quickly their strategy to this whole thing. And, and that's what's fun. Last year, we had to wait 40, 45 minutes, 40 minutes to get to Charles Cross to see what they're going to do with that pick. Uh, so there are different ways to go about this. But I love the comparison to Philadelphia because I feel like that's more of the Seahawks' speed. I was going to say, do you think that's a team Pete Carroll would want? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can run the football. Yeah. You got a quarterback yeah. who is more Russell Wilson-like when he was younger, play-action RPOs, then you take your shots. Um, you have a defense that gets after the quarterback. Pete Carroll's best defense, he had a dominant defensive line where they're getting active over there. You have a safety in the back end like Philly does who can cause interceptions. You got a lockdown corner. Philadelphia is what Pete Carroll wants to be. Most definitely. All right, let's get to four down territory. This is four down territory going inside, inside the, the game. game with former Seahawks and Coug wide receiver Michael Bumpus. First down, congrats to Patrick Mahomes for winning his second MVP. He is the 10th straight quarterback to win the honor. If it weren't a quarterback award, who would you have given the MVP to in the last three years? Three years we're going to start with this year. Pat Mahomes deserves it. Mm-hmm. Hands down, easy. We knew who was going to get it. But if he were not to get it, you got to go with Justin Jefferson. 1,800 yards. That's the sixth most in NFL history. Eight touchdowns. 
led all receivers with 613 yards after the catch, and he had the most first down catches with 80. He had 10 games over 100 yards, five games with at least 145 yards. This was a great season by Justin Jefferson. Let's go to 2021. Aaron Rodgers won that that year, MVP that year. He had 4,100 yards. Listen to this stat line. He had 4,100 yards, 37 TDs, four interceptions, 68 completion rate. Geno had more yards than him. Completed this year. Completed just uh, completion rate was the same. He had seven more touchdowns than Geno, and he had his pick situation. So I'm saying, like, Geno's like three games away from having a, a season like this, but that's not here nor there. We're talking about who the MVP would be this year. <laughs> uh, 2021, you got to go with Cooper Cup, triple crown winner. 145 receptions, 1,947 yards, second most all time, and 16 receiving touchdowns. It's a travesty. A travesty that he did not get MVP this year. Cooper Cup, big ups. 2020, got to go to Aaron Rodgers again. He had himself a year. But Derrick Henry rushed for 2,027 yards, the fourth most all-time, 5.4 yards per rush, 17 rushing touchdowns. I don't understand how Henry does not get it this year. Actually, I do understand. Aaron Rodgers had 48 touchdowns and five interceptions. Which is like... 70% 70 completion rate. It's tough. That's the thing, too, is like, it is hard to outperform a quarterback when a quarterback has his ball in the hands most. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. that if you're Derrick Henry, you are the reason that the Tennessee Titans are succeeding. You are more important than the quarterback on that team in particular, but no one is more important than the quarterback in all of football. Yep. I'm, I was, while you were talking, getting up a list of MVPs to kind of follow along. And I was looking back, trying to think like, okay, it's not that n- someone can't deserve MVP, but who on the list pops out is like, was he the best player I thought about briefly Matt Ryan in 2016, and then I was trying to think of like who else really stood out in 2016. Right. Obviously, the last time it wasn't a quarterback was Adrian Peterson, as we know, his comeback season 2012. And then you had back-to-back running backs in 2005 and 2006 with uh, Sean Alexander, shout out, and uh, Ladanian Tomlinson. Um, and it's just been quarterback or running back kind of previously to that. But you're right, since 2013, exclusively quarterbacks. And you can you can look at all of them and say, yeah, it makes sense. Right, yeah. Cam Newton makes sense. You were like, you basically brought Carolina to a Super Bowl. An amazing, amazing quarterback. Who do you, who do you think the leading receiver was in NFL 2016? Was it not one of Matt Ryan's receivers? It was not. Can I have a hint? Um, Indy. Who was it? T. Y. Hilton. No. <laughs> T.Y. Hilton, 1,448 yards. Okay, T.Y., uh-huh. wow, that's a really good season. I see you. I would not have guessed that. All right, second down. Geno Smith received Comeback Player of the Year, and we couldn't be happier, but there were two other players who were not eligible who you feel like fit the criteria for the award. Who are they? I got to start off with my man Brian Robinson, the running back for the Commanders. He was shot. He was shot in August, and he bounced back, played in 12 games for 747 yards, man. He even came out his first game back. I was gonna say, he ran out the tunnel. Many, many men, men wish death upon me. <laughs> that might be the coldest intro. Cold <laughs> AF. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. was cold. I got chills watching that. Yes. Yeah. And that the was camera dope. from behind him. Oh, yeah. It was, was like, dope. Okay, Washington. It was dope. And then, um, you know, the next guy, I was talking to a texter after the first time we go through four down territory. He's like, come on, bump. He's going to get it next year. I'm like, yeah, I understand that. But this man almost died. DeMar Hamlin. Now, he's not playing football right now, but he bounced back. He's alive and he is well. We saw him last night on the awards. Um, DeMar Hamlin fits the bill. If he plays next year, all he has to do is play next year. Yeah. He's going to get this award. Yeah. Straight up. So those are my two. <laughs> he just appears in games. Disappears. Just two picks. 
you know, five passes defended. It, it doesn't matter. He can play all special teams. And it doesn't matter. He will get this award. And I would be fine with it. Yep. Third down. All right, let's talk free agency for 2023. Which positions are the weakest? My favorite positions, wide receivers and corners. Aww. There's no headliners, really. There are some good ball players out there. I see a bunch of two, number two and number three receivers out there. But you look at the D-line, I'm looking at headliners. D-line, Deron Payne, Javon Hargrave. Offensive line, Orlando Brown. Linebacker, Deion Jones. Levante David, Tremaine Edmonds. Running back, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Jamal Williams. Quarterback, Lamar Jackson, Geno Smith. There's headliners everywhere. I look at the free agent receivers, and I'm like, oh, there's there's some guys out there. Like, I'm, I'm not mad at this position group, but there's no one that jumps off the screen, and you say, I need to have that guy this year. So I look at all those other positions, and I go, yeah, they got some headliners. Randall Cobb, Nelson Angelor, Marvin Jones, Nikhil Harry, DJ Chark. Those are your headliners when it comes to receiver. There's just not too many guys out there. So, yeah, receivers, corners, if you need one, go look at that draft first. And then look at some of these uh, these old heads out there. I I hate it when I hear a player who's like 28 be like, yeah, they call me Unk. Unk. How old do you think Randall Cobb is? God, he's going to be younger than I think, isn't he? How old is he? He's 29. I thought no. my man was like 30. I, I thought he was older than me. Randall Cobb, according to Wikipedia, is 32. Oh, okay. Which well, is according still... to Spot Track, Spot Track says 29. Oh, side age. Never mind. Oh, wrong column. You and got it. Down. <laughs> still, you, think you, you think he'd be like 38. I yeah. Thought, <laughs> the show. He just sounds 38. Like Randall Cobb. There's no way. Yeah. No way you were born in the 90s. He sounds like he's about to be eligible for the Hall of Fame, honestly. <laughs> I'm voting for him. Fourth down. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith says Jalen Hurts cannot win in a shootout against Patrick Mahomes. How dare you, Stephen A.? But do you agree? Stephen A., it made me look up what Jalen Hurst has done his best games this year. 330 yards against Minnesota, 340 against Washington, 280 against Tennessee, 316 against Chicago. During his big games, he's completing 68% of his passes. Philly averages 28.4 points per game. The Chiefs average 29.2. But then let's talk about Mahomes. 10 games over 300 yards. Two games over 400 yards. The highest scoring game this year was 44 points. This offense is built for a shootout. You want to go into a shootout? I think the Chiefs have the edge on this. The only way you win a shootout against the Chiefs is if your offensive line, excuse me, your defensive line get after Pat Mahomes and wear him down. You got to treat him like a heavyweight fighter. You know you can't knock out in the first few rounds. Body blow, body blow, take your shots, wear him down, tackle him, pressure on him, make him move, make him work. That's how you win in a shootout. If Pat Mahomes is healthy, he's able to run around and throw behind his back, no-look passes to the left. It's going to be a long day for these guys. But are is Philly capable? I think they are capable. Is it likely? I lean towards the Chiefs. So, unfortunately, I am agreeing with Stephen A. Smith today. You hate to do it. You hate yeah. to see it. What's on tap? This is What's on Tap with Bump and Stacy, brought to you by Dick's Driving. So, folks... What's on tap? All right, you don't have to wait for the weekend for some sports. You got Kraken Rangers today, of course. And you guys already know Super Bowl this Sunday. That's What's on Tap brought to you by Dick's Drive-In. Coming up next, testing your own Super Bowl knowledge. Don't go anywhere. Bumpin' Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports Station. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacey Ross. Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. All right. (laughs) 
I couldn't find it. That's okay. <laughs> Normally there's sound after, but I, I, it makes sense that there's no sound here. I just paused for too long. It is a Super Bowl trivia game show thing. That, it's uh, our last one of the year. It's our last one of the year. And uh, Bump and Curtis face off during the regular season where uh, the trivia show is named after the Seahawks opponent. Um, during the playoffs, it's themed around that round. This one, the final one, is obviously around the Super Bowl. There are eight questions, Super Bowl themed questions you guys have to answer, and then a tiebreaker. Uh, if we do get to the tiebreaker, it is a back and forth first one to five. Uh, all right, so who wants to start? I'll do it. All, All right. right. Bum, making a sacrifice. I will say, uh, there are, unlike previous quiz- quizzes, no multiple choice for any nice. of these, but I'm giving you a little more time. Okay. As long as you think out loud, we are on radio. Yeah, we okay. can't have dead air. Yeah, but you get That's a little more bad. time. So here we go. The Eagles and Chiefs were first and second in sacks, respectively, during the regular season. No team has ever had more than seven sacks in a Super Bowl, mm. but there are four teams that did record that total. Name one of them. Four teams that recorded seven, seven sacks, sacks in a Super Bowl. Yes. So I have to think of one of the best, the best defenses in all the land, because I don't think you do that by accident. This is me not giving you. I love air. it. You're doing great. You're doing great. And I go back in history. Yeah, there we go. I and love I think this. about. I see purple. I see black. I'm going to go with the team that had 30 for 30. I'm going Baltimore Ravens. No. no. Oh. That was such a good guess, though. Potential answers. Uh, last year's Rams had seven wow. sacks of poor Joe Burrow. The 2015 Broncos, seven sacks of Cam Newton. 85 Bears. That probably would have been another guess. Yep. And then 75 Steelers. They were pretty good. I wouldn't have guessed the year, though. What if I just said the team? Would, I, would that have been acceptable? Or uh, no? If you said no. No, I'd say the year. <laughs> Uh, all right, Curtis, your turn. Um, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes have a combined age of 51 years and 337 days. Making this, it's a weird number, right? Why not just say another year? Making this the youngest combined age of Super Bowl quarterbacks ever. Who has been the youngest and oldest quarterback to win a Super Bowl? Oldest is Tom Brady. At, yes, like that's 43 why years old. Youngest. Is it? It's not also Tom Brady. That'd be funny if it was. Is that your answer? No. I am going to say, unfortunately, Ben Roethlisberger. Correct. Mm. Tom Brady, oldest quarterback to win. Ben Roethlisberger was 23 when he led the Steelers uh, to an 11-5 season that finished with a 21-10 victory over the Seahawks in Super Bowl 40. Curtis, Mm. you get a point. Mm. Bump. I don't want that point. No, <laughs> Bump. Uh, Curtis did you a solid with his last answer because when it comes to Super Bowl wins by the oldest quarterback, Tom Brady owns three of the top five, winning at 39 in 2017, 41 in 2019, and 43 in 2021. Look at this guy, man. Like the majority of his Super Bowls were like Stupid. once he was in his 30s. Okay, so two players not named Tom Brady are in the top five of oldest quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl. All you have to do is name one of them. I can, I can name one. Can bump it's not. It's not your question, Curtis. <laughs> it's not, Curtis, mind your business. My beeswax. Stop trolling mm. Bump by being like, I know. I know mm. the answer. Mm. I feel like Steve Young was pretty old when he won one. And then I feel like Peyton Manning was up there when he won one. I'm going to go with Peyton Manning. You are correct. Peyton Manning in the 2015 Super Bowl um, is one of the possible answers. Was Steve Young one? 
Yeah. I think it was John Elway the other? No. Yeah. No. You want to keep guessing? John Elway wasn't part of that? Nope. Uh, Earl Morrell, 39 uh, oh, in 1974. 70, they also do yeah. it by specific days. So if you are also 39, but like fewer days. days exactly. Younger. Like a couple Jeez. of these guys, like Peyton won at 39, Tom won at 39, Earl Morrell won at 39, but it's by specific All age. Right. Okay, so you guys are tied at one apiece. Uh, Curtis. Um, these are a lot of age-related ones. I didn't do it on purpose. Uh-huh. Uh, Mahomes could become the fifth quarterback under the age of 30. To start three Super Bowls in a four-year span, name another. Under the age of thirty to do that? Yes. Tom Brady. Easy is another okay. one. Yeah, easy. Well, there's some easy questions in yeah. here for everyone. Okay. <laughs> is Troy Aikman another? Huh? Was Troy Aikman another on that list? Uh, yeah. You want to guess the other two? Uh, Jim Kelly. No. No. Dang. Yeah. Joe Montana. No. No. Terry Bradshaw? No. I'm moving oh, on. Next question. <laughs> Big Ben. No. Next question. Bump. <laughs> if Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey connect for three touchdowns in this game, they'll take over first place for quarterback-receiver pairing in the NFL as far as, like, touchdowns in Super Bowls. Uh, who is currently in first place? Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. I want to I reframe the question. <laughs> <laughs> What? I feel like my my question might be misleading because mm. it's definitely Jerry Rice has the most Super Bowl reception touchdowns, and he played in every Super Bowl with Joe Montana, except for one, Steve Young. He had, well, yeah, yeah, he had one with Steve Young. What do I do? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> I'm gonna read it. If slowly. that's not the answer, then it's wrong. Right? Okay, I know, but I my pay attention to the full <laughs> question. If Patrick Mahomes. And Travis Kelsey connect for three touchdowns. They'll take over first place for a quarterback receiver pairing in, in, in Super Bowl history. Who's number one? Right? It's not. Yeah. yeah. It's, okay. It? So I can't give it to you. I was, no. It's, so the way that this was framed is with it, NFL communications was receiver, not pass catcher. It's Tom and Gronk. Mm, yeah. That's mm, why I tried to read Kelsey slowly. Because mm, they've played... Mm. Gronk and Brady have played in, Buffs, I think, five Buffs. Super Bowls together. <laughs> but that's a very accusatory mm that you're making yeah. right oh, now. It is. Okay. It is. But wow. it's fine. I, tr- I read you the question again. It's very fine. clear by my answer. Jerry Rice is not. Okay. Hey, it's like those standardized tests, right? It wasn't wow. made for, for, for this dude. Wow. You know what I mean? Are you calling my quiz racist? <laughs> no, I'm not. Whoa, 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 I'm not. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How dare I'm you? <laughs> Curtis, name a Super Bowl playing in this year's. No, I'm just kidding. Name a quarterback <laughs> playing in this year's Super Bowl. Can you imagine if that was the next question? Uh, Curtis, your question. Uh, seven wildcard teams have won a Super Bowl. Which was the last team? Last wildcard team to win last a Super Bowl. Last wildcard team to win a Super Bowl was the... Was it... Uh, I know the Ravens might have done it in 2012. I think they... You had the Seahawks. You had the Patriots. You had... The, Whatever you're Is ready. it? Take your time. I don't. Anytime you want. I don't think it's the Ravens in 2012. Bump, I think it might have been is? a team that's sooner. Mm. I am going to say it is. Uh, you better not be looking at the text. Is line. it the Broncos in 2015? 
No, that no. was actually, uh, were they the number one seed? Uh, it is the 2020 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, oh, wow. Entered the playoffs as a wild card bump. Sneaky. Right back to you. Right back you got a chance me. right now. All you have to know is this. We know the first score in Super Bowl 48 was a safety. It was mm-hmm. a fumble recovered in the end zone by which Broncos player? Gosh darn it. I thought this was a, I thought this Ooh, was a good one. I think I might know this. It was over Peyton Manning's head. Mm-hmm. He's not quick enough to get back there. I no, it definitely think wasn't I know. Who Manning. was the running back in that situation? Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that situation mm-hmm. right there. Keep, keep following the path. Yeah. Narrowed it down. Uh, I just... Frick, man. Frick. It was a running back in that situation. Yeah. Do you think you'd... Think I what? Think I what? I The name is... I see the jersey. I, I see the name. It's right yeah. there. Goodness oh, gracious. I'm so tempted to cheat. Can I... No. No cheating. No. See this it. is Super Bowl. As soon Stacey. as you say it, I'm going to Wait, what was that? You said... You, okay. Go ahead. No, no Sean, Sean Moreno. Moreno. Yes. Yeah. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Gosh Curtis. darn it. No Sean Moreno known for crying before every game. Hey. And like wild amounts of tears. I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, Curtis, you uh, won by virtue of there only being a question for you left. All right. So. Uh, what is the question? We've uh, well, it's uh, another easy one. Four teams haven't appeared in a Super Bowl. Who are they? Oh, you got the Texans, the Jags, the Browns, and the Lions. The yeah. Texans, the Jags. The Browns and the Lions. I did it. I did it. I did it. The tiebreaker was going to be Super Bowl MVPs. Unfortunately, we will uh, not be getting to it. I've been accused of having tainted questions. Guys, uh, hey, okay, look. Just call me the 49ers right now. You know what? Wow. If you wow. read the question, I reread the question and said Travis Kelsey so slowly. Nah. <sighs> I know. I'm, Say it faster next I'm time. I'm sorry. That's how my brain works. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> what I need to know is coming your way next. Get your questions in. Any question you have to the Mac and Jack's text line, 866-979-3776. That's next. Bumpin' Stacy. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports Station. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost. It's what I need to know, brought to you by All Red Heating, Cooling, Electric. Get your questions in. Any question you have to the Mac and Jack's text line, 866-979-3776. Curtis, that was a crazy stat. Can you read it again? Yeah, this uh, stat I actually got from Kyle Brandt of NFL Network. Uh, who says the last 17 quarterbacks to lose in their Super Bowl debut. So guys who made it to the game but lost never made it back to the Super Bowl. 17 straight. So like Matt Hasselbeck, uh, Colin Kaepernick, Joe Burrow last year. I mean, obviously Burrow's got many opportunities. uh, But yeah, Drew Bledsoe's on the list. Chris Chandler, Steve McNair, Kerry Collins, Rich Gannon, Jake DeLome, Donovan McNabb, Rex Grossman, uh, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, a lot of guys. Uh, all right, let's get to what I need to it. know. I know. Uh, what I need to know, what is your favorite kind of Super Bowl party? Examples, staying at home with the family, a big party with drinks flowing, etc. Early 20s, party it up. Late 20s, close friends. <laughs> Mid to late 30s, at the house. <laughs> it's getting Boom, to the point where it's it. no one <laughs> by myself. 
In a dark room. I know, seriously. Uh, what I need to know, uh, this is related to Super Bowl parties. What's an unexpected snack or dish that's part of your Super Bowl spread? Maybe something that wouldn't be as common. Unexpected? Uh, I live in a... <laughs> my son, this is funny. So my son, they were asked, like, what is he? He's mixed, right? He's half Latin, half black. And he said, I put... Uh, Blatino. <laughs> so I live in a Blatino house. Yes. So probably like some tamales or something. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I like it. Um, I just do a lot of snack foods. I don't even. Yeah. I don't even, real stick talk. to the basics. I don't even cook anything. <laughs> just buy Respect. it from the store. That's, that's one of those days where you don't have to, you do don't have to go over the top. Uh, okay. Choose what I need to know. Choose any summer or Olympic sport to compete in. If you can avoid last place, you'll win $10 million. Which sport do you choose? Easy. Riding the bitch on Team USA basketball. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> the 13th man. No, you have to choose a sport that you have to play in. <laughs> All right. Um, a sport I have to play in. Yeah. I would have yeah, to A say. team would be good, though, like bobsled. Then it's not just me. Yeah. It's You yeah. know what I mean? I could chill on a bobsled. Jamaica, we have a bobsled team. Somewhere there is a bad bobsledder that's been skating, literally. By. All you got to do is run fast at the start and then sit down and know when to, to move your body in the turns. I don't know. It has to be bobsled. It's that's it's clearly bobsled or what about rowing. Curling. That's that's harder than I think we think it yeah, is. I think so. When you're with Olympic curlers, I need to be somewhere where all the people around me can cover my non-athleticism. You know. I mean, if you look at. Anybody in curling in the Olympics, they look like us. All right, just the. What most- are you saying? <laughs> I'm just saying, a lot of average like folks. In peak physical condition. Uh, a lot of average folks uh, can can do curling. What I need to know: How scary could the Lions' defense get if they're able to draft another big time defensive lineman to pair with Aiden Hutchinson? And who could that be? Oh, God, I actually don't know where the Lions are picking right now. How I wonder if they're scary. Can they? Be? I think the Lions have. I'm going to look at their pick. defense right now. I mean, it all depends on where where they are to start. Did they have a good defense? I don't think they had a good defense. They gave up hella points. I know they didn't early. They were giving up. They were the only team giving up more yards, they, rushing they, yards in Seattle. They got the 29th ranked defense. So I don't think they could be scary. Uh, they I think they can have, get better. The number six overall pick, which is the pick that they got for Matthew Stafford from mm-hmm. the Rams. So they have a chance to go in there and get, uh, you know, I would say more like a defensive back is probably where they should be looking. Yeah, but um, they're not getting 29. We'll bump them up to 22. Yeah. Uh, what I need to know, uh, what's your favorite place to eat in Seattle? Some recommendations In there. Seattle? Are we just What about like just in general? The city of Seattle? Yeah, let's go in and outside of Seattle. If you've got a place where you're like, dude, I go here all Bellevue's the time. Bellevue's my spot. Um, Ascend in Bellevue. Steak? Oh, that my sounds gosh. fancy. It, it's fancy. And it, the steak is awesome. I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could afford a send. Yeah, you can, you can do it. Uh, let's see. Oh man, I'm passing for right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna bookmark it and get back to it. Um, let's see. Oh, someone said Bob would be uh, bump would be hella extremely good on the bobsled Jamaican bobsled team. Yeah. They have faith in you. I'm pretty sure I have Jamaican. Um, cousin somewhere out there yeah uh all right this person has what i need to know and agree or disagree on a couple different quarterback landing spots <laughs> tell me if you agree or disagree i'm gonna read all of them car to the saints jimmy g to the jets roger stays put and Fitzmagic comes out of retirement to play for the cardinals Fitzmagic magic got too many dang kids stay at home and help your wife <laughs> all right 
Uh, Jimmy G to the Jets. Is that what you said? Yeah. I can see that. Carr to the Saints. I can see that, too. Oh, Carr's definitely going to the Saints. Albert Breer said he could see a trade happening this weekend. Or, no, 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 sorry. Albert Breer said that a source told him a trade may happen this weekend. So, uh, what I need to know. Do you guys have a favorite Super Bowl commercial of all time? (sighs) Nah, my memory's shot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My memory's shot. Uh... I don't think so. I mean. I've seen good commercials. Yeah. Oh, this isn't Super Bowl, but do you remember when Chipotle had the commercial during Thanksgiving where, like, it seemed like the farmer died and it was like an up kind of thing? It was really sad. And you were like, why are you doing this to me, Chipotle? And everyone was talking about it. It was a really depressing commercial. I remember the depressing commercials where you're like, wait, this is supposed to be funny. And now I'm crying. <laughs> I'm yeah, you had me depressed when you said the uh, peanut dude died in a commercial. Well, he came back to, he came back to life. Curtis, I forgot we were supposed to get the sound. I missed it, but someone heard bump when I said Mr. Peanut died. Just go. Oh, yeah. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. What I need to know. Uh, oh, uh, Terry Tate, office linebacker. That was a good uh, Super Bowl commercial where he's just decking dudes in the office. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Dude, kill the joke. Make some money. Sidebar. Sports Center just used to have great commercials. They They're did. bringing them back. They they've, are? They've had a few uh, over the last couple months. Oh, I love that. Stuart Scott, rest in peace. Uh, what I need to know, let's uh, repeat um, Super Bowl picks. I took Chiefs 24-21. I took the Philly 24-26. Right. 26-24, sorry. Yeah, those are our picks for the Super Bowl, which is this Sunday. By the way, the Kraken <laughs> play and the Rangers say, Curtis, why are you Good laughing? Good text uh, from the 425. They say, Stacy, you can't afford a send. One steak is like two chapsticks. <laughs> <laughs> I spent $30 on a chapstick, and I regret every dollar spent. Because didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work. That was stupid. Why did I end the show this way? All right, we will be back Monday, 10 a.m. for Michael Bumpus, for Curtis Rogers. I'm Stacy Ross. Don't go anywhere. Wyman and Bob coming up next.